You're listening to the Healthcare Goes Digital podcast. Get ready to be inspired as we explore provocative topics surrounding innovative technologies and ideas with top industry professionals as we help to positively disrupt healthcare. At Impetus Digital, we believe that everything starts with a thought as we aspire to act as the bridge to ignite these courageous conversations, both through our insight platform and through these fireside chats. Let's get started with your host, Natalie Eden, Managing Director and Co-Owner of Impetus Digital, an all-in-one virtual collaboration solution for online meetings, events, and advisory boards. Hi, my name is Natalie Yeadon. I'm one of the co-owners and managing directors with Impetus Digital. At Impetus Digital, we believe that everything starts with a, with a thought. And from a thought comes a courageous conversation. It's really the impetus behind us running these uh, this, this playlist on the YouTube channel is at Impetus, we've created a, uh, a platform where we've developed some of the best in class asynchronous and synchronous virtual collaboration tools so that we can actually engineer serendipity, bringing people together um, and having random collisions of ideas so that we can have more and more eureka moments. And these moments are the things that we can all help to positively disrupt healthcare. So we want to have these big, hairy, audacious conversations. We want to be able to have people give thoughts, feedback, insights, and co-create a new world in which we want to live. Today, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, company called Neuralink that Elon Musk formed in 2016. Some big announcements recently as they have been moving along in the development of their, their computer brain interface component, which is like a silicone component that gets implanted in the brain. And they recently uh, put these into some pigs' skulls. They have greatly reduced the size and the complexity of the particular interface that they had a, a couple of years ago. It's so much simpler. It's a lot cheaper to make. It's made out of a lot of components that normal phones are made out of, so that they're going to be very accessible by regular people as soon as they're launched and, uh, and added into the marketplace. So they recently added these into the pigs' uh, brains and they actually did several analyses. They looked at a healthy pig and they can compare, compared that to a pig that had the silicone um, added or, and embedded into the skull. Then they also looked at the outcome of a pig that had two different uh, silicone chips implanted in its brain. And then they were um, actually comparing to a final pig that had the silicone removed. And they all found equally that the pigs were well adapted, they were happy, they were healthy, and their health was not impacted at all. Even the pig that had it removed, i.e. somebody who decides that they no longer want to have it in their brain, they didn't, uh, the, the pig or the person, I guess that's supposed to be the, the, um, the analogy, uh, will actually be fine and won't be impacted by having anything uh, previously installed. So why is this so exciting and intriguing? Well, besides the fact that we are all living in a world of wearables, we realize since COVID-19 that this is the new normal, that there's been a digital revolution, um, and that everything is going digital. We're finding for pharmaceutical and medical device, for, um, biotech and life science clinical studies, that because people have had to self-quarantine, that there was a moratorium in going in to see uh, clinical research organizations or people coming in to extract blood or collect data on the patient, 
patients were having to use other sorts of mechanisms to input their data for these clinical studies to continue. And of course, we realized that we need to do clinical studies for discovery, identification of novel therapies and treatments. So if we can't do clinical studies anymore, then innovation goes down the tube. So as we think about this new world of wearables, one would intuitively deduce that having these kinds of wearables either implanted in the skin and as Neuralink implanted in the brain is probably the next um, natural progression. So there's so many things that I'm personally excited about with this. First of all, in the fact that to get it actually into the brain, no actual open surgery or anesthesia is required. They actually built a robot because the intricacies, there's about a thousand different kind of um, wires coming from the silicon chip that gets embedded into the brain so that it actually connects with the nerves. Um, and because of the intricacy nature of it, there's an actual robot that can do this within an hour. You don't need anesthesia and you can literally walk out of the surgery unharmed with just a small scar. And of course, if you have hair, it would be covered. So it's an exciting, incredible, it's almost going to be very uh, similar to getting LASIK surgery for your eye. So as you know, um, there's a lot of questions right now about people who can immediately benefit from something like this. And those are people who are probably experiencing a lot of neurological diseases, people who might be paraplegic, for example, or tetraplegic, people who may be blind, um, being able to, through intention of the mind, and they're now being able to study this, is intention is really a series of neural sets, uh, according to the Hebbian law, which is whatever fires together, wires together, and also according to Daniel Kahneman um, in his book uh, um, that talks about neural networks and the development of heuristics, um, we realize that we are really just people who, um, through habits, we are firing things through certain channels in our brain. And if it's repeated enough times, that's what creates a habit and creates movement and creates motion and creates habitual ways of thinking. So this is literally leveraging that belief and that concept and that scientific fact that by firing on these nerves, we can actually input this into the, the neural chip that then gets downloaded into a computer and vice versa. A computer can read that through artificial intelligence and understanding how a limb is going to move or how an eye is actually going to be interpreting information and be able to teach the eye to see be able to teach the brain on how to actually determine images in front of it and what it looks like, to be able to teach a paraplegic with intention of mind to be able to move a limb. So it's incredibly exciting. On top of that is going to be the ability to understand more about how the brain functionally works, what parts of the brain impact various ways of thinking, doing, either autonomically, uh, seamlessly or consciously or subconsciously. So there's a whole layer of cognitive therapy, neuroscience, psychology that is going to be uncovered by utilizing something like the Neuralink um, computer brain interface. And there's also going to be a whole slew of things around understanding what memory is. It's, it is a possibility that we will be able to understand the difference between cognition and knowledge and learning to the point where we may even be able to download our memories. 
and be able to review them again if they're actually just a series of neural networks that are firing together and that can be measured and taped, if you will. That is almost like putting it on a CD somewhere and replaying your memories. It also leaves the possibility is, can we change our memories if it really is just a series of beeps and burps and zeros and ones and just basically digital data, is can we modify that data, download it back in our brain and to look at things differently? This could have huge impact on people who might have experienced previous trauma, PTSD, and other things that have caused a huge amount of havoc in people's lives. It also makes us wonder about the, the concept of learning and where intelligence is located uh, functionally in the brain and how we can enhance this. Um, and realizing that, for example, if memories can be recorded, what, can, what will prevent us from downloading somebody else's skill sets? We've seen this actually in the movie, The Matrix, where the main character was able to download the ability to fight. And so maybe there was all, we, maybe one day we'll see an online digital library of memories or skill sets that we simply have to download, download into our brain, and suddenly we're able to play the piano or able to swim or run a marathon. I think that the possibilities are endlessly exciting. And then on top of that, of course, comes this concept of the augmented body, mind, and reality. Um, perhaps this idea of eventually creating consensual telepathy. If we're walking down the street, we're working with somebody that, you know, we look at something really beautiful, I can telepathically send this message to my partner or to my friend or my family member without even having to say anything. And we can both enjoy and share in the awe of a beautiful sunset or a beautiful piece of artwork. And we can suddenly become, have the ability to have empathy and to be experiencing things in the world without having to actually physically manifest it through an analog or through something in the, in the actual physical environment. And then from this comes this opportunity of immersive experiences. Um, perhaps a lot of people right now who look for relaxation and rest and comfort in everything from meditation to potentially even leveraging psychedelic drugs is what is one to say that that could not be downloaded and experienced either telepathically through somebody else transmitting that to us or through the download of somebody else's skills or experience. And so the ultimate idea comes with the ability to perhaps merge with artificial intelligence. This again has been something that's been discussed for years and years, you know, in a positive way by Ray Kurzweil and in a negative way by people like Nick Bostrom, uh, where it's very dystonian concerning, but there is this idea of the singularity of the artificial or the superintelligence, where we can suddenly build new skills, abilities, and a superintelligence that never existed before. And perhaps because we can download our memories, we can download our experiences, there's perhaps this sense of immortality that may actually very, very much be a reality associated with the very beginnings of this, which is the computer brain interface. So how will this increase our bandwidth of knowledge? And more importantly, it does make you want to ask the question, as Elon Musk with SpaceX and developing a whole armamentarium of abilities and software and hardware to get human beings to live eventually on Mars, what's to say that this is somehow not creating the software 
to be able to have human beings live on Mars. Learning to have the skills and the ability perhaps to learn to breathe or think or do things in a different way that enables our current human bodies to live in a completely foreign atmosphere. So although I, although I realize that this also sounds very exciting because I always look at the silver lining of things, we could equally see that there's a lot of concern about the dystonian view about mind control, about no longer being able to think for oneself, to be able to be manipulated, to be surveilled, to no longer be human. Um, and, and it really begs a lot of philosophical, bioethical um, questions around consciousness, who owns your data, who owns your mind, and so many other things that we as a collective society will have to navigate and create, co-create what the ethics behind something like this is. So very exciting day, um, lots to think about. Um, and I think that there's a lot of really interesting things, certainly for the life sciences, pharmaceutical, medical device companies, as we are looking at doing things beyond the pill, going beyond specific current business models on chemical pills, is what about leveraging some of these types of aspects computer brain interfacing for maneuvering and manipulating and improving conditions and diseases and improving the overall ability for the human body um, to be able to fully explore and to exceed and to um, be everything that it can be in the world that we're in. So this is really an incredible opportunity for companies, for manufacturers, for stakeholders, uh, for tech companies to come together to confluence and to create something absolutely spectacular. So very excited about these recent news from Elon Musk with his company Neuralink. Um, such a great time and so happy to see this. So again, at Impetus, we really believe in these courageous conversations, the big, hairy, audacious goals, opportunities, having these conversations with the stakeholders. How do we co-create the future and all of this through our asynchronous and synchronous virtual collaboration tools within the Impetus Insight platform. Check us out, see how you can actually work with your stakeholders and furthering on some of these awesome things for the future. Thanks so much and stay curious. Thank you for listening to this Healthcare Goes Digital podcast. Impetus Digital are the business-to-business -business advisory board experts and provide virtual collaboration solutions for meetings, events, and projects worldwide. Visit us at impetusdigital.com to find out more and subscribe to our LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube to stay up to date about other upcoming inspiring conversations.